Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. My name is H.D. Chambers. I'm Superintendent of Schools for ALEAF ISD, and I want to thank everyone for joining today's episode of Impact Ed. Uh, today we are joined by three uh, ladies that play a significant role in providing emotional, social, academic support to kids in our in our school system. If you have been listening to Impact Ed over the, the last year and a half, you'll know that there's probably a pattern of conversations around providing support to some of our most vulnerable, needy kids. That's not to say that all children aren't needy or don't have their own sets of needs, but some are more severe than others in terms of them being successful in school as well as just being, you know, living a quality life. So uh, I am joined by some folks here, two of which are assigned to ALEAF and work here specifically in ALEAF, and uh, and then Lisa, who will introduce herself here in a little bit, kind of runs the organization we're focusing on today, and that organization is Communities and Schools. So you're going to hear us say CIS, the letter, not CSI. <laughs> Don't let's get that appreciate right. Appreciate the distinction. Let's, yeah, get, that, very let's get that clear <laughs> real quick. We're not talking about CSI. We're talking about CIS, Communities in IN Schools. As the conversation evolves, I hope that you understand and get a feel for what we mean when communities are in our schools. So if you don't mind, I'd like for you guys to introduce yourself. Lisa, I'll start with you and just introduce who you are and what you do. Thanks for having us. Um, my name is Lisa Deskant, and I serve as the Chief Executive Officer for Communities and Schools of Houston. My name is Sybil Ned, and I work at Clinsman Intermediate. I am the Student Support Manager and A-Leaf Cluster Leader. I'm Alma Baldwin, Director of Guidance and Counseling, and I have the wonderful opportunity to serve our community and serve our district in our counseling, academics, social-emotional learning, and behavior health. And I do that with a wonderful team of 100-plus counselors and dedicated support. Thanks to all three of you. And I, I said this before we went live. If you could put what communities and schools provides for schools, not just in A-Leaf, but across the, across the country. But if you could encapsulate it in one mindset, at least in my mindset, it's, it's this idea that schools can't do it by themselves. Hmm. Like our school staff, teachers, principals, counselors, nurses, you name it, superintendents. We can't do it alone. Lisa, I'd like for you to maybe talk a little bit about this the communities and schools, and just so the listeners can understand who you guys are and what you do. In simple terms, you're supporting our schools mm-hmm. and our kids. So if you don't mind, kind of give us a little overview. And we consider it a great honor to be able to serve and support students across greater Houston. Schools can't do it alone is something that um, I struggle with because I've seen teachers, I've seen faculty, I've seen administrators do it alone in that struggle. And when they reach out to CIS, it's because they have got to the breaking point and they want the support and they want partnership um, and they want that for their students. Um, And so CIS was born of that idea that a school with community can do it and can do well by students. Um, In 1979, Communities and Schools of Houston was born of a dream, city of Houston mayor at the time, uh, HISD superintendent at the time, and a sitting judge. Um, Three men who said enough of our students just we're losing them. They're walking out of school that we are seeing them go in and out of the juvenile justice system Mm -hmm. enough. We want better for our students. And in order to do that, we need to bring community into our schools. We need to have supports readily accessible to students um, because we know they have the potential. We know they can make it, but we've got to bring those supports to them to help them face the barriers and challenges that exist. Um, And so 1979, we started in one school, uh, one middle school in Houston ISD, have continued to partner with Houston ISD now for, we're in our 41st year. It was 29 years ago that ALEAF ISD mm-hmm. invited right. us into 
this community. And we also partner with uh, school districts. Spring Branch ISD is an amazing partner. Fort Bend ISD, A-Leaf. We're now moving into a partnership with Spring ISD, Humble ISD. I'm going to forget some. Um, Lone Star College. When you talk about Mm -hmm. where we're sitting, Mm -hmm. this building and being one of bridging students from K-12 into post-secondary, Lone Star College has embraced the idea of continuing supports in that way. That part of it's good to hear. And a little bit later, I want to talk about this idea of all the support that we provide in the K-12 system. Mm -hmm. And then once they graduate, it's almost as though we assume that they can figure things out now. And (laughs) and they can't. Sometimes... Problems intensify, and navigating that early adulthood is extremely challenging, um, and especially when you've come from a background of poverty. And so here you are now supposed to be able to flourish, but completely unresourced and unnetworked. And um, so to continue supports is has been an amazing thing. Good, good. Alva, you, in your role as directing our counselors, yes. talk about what CIS looks like from, from your perspective in A-LEAF. And then if you don't mind, so we'll just kind of play off of that a little bit about because you're actually the caseworker, if you will. You're you're actually mm-hmm. on the ground yes. dealing with children. But from what we're attempting to do in A-Leaf to provide this additional mm-hmm. support, talk a little bit about how that how, how you view that and how you see that and maybe Sybil respond. As Lisa said, we started with um, CIS in this partnership in 1991. And so it's one of those things that you can look at the longevity of it to tell how it's been impactful. Because a lot of times when you try to do something, maybe reach out to someone and hope for the best, but it doesn't quite happen. The communities and schools and the ALEF ISD partnership is magical in what it does and the services that it provides. And one of the things that I think has made it so wonderful is that our goals are very central. As you know, ALEF ISD is all about relationships and relationship building and communities and schools has that same focus. And so we understand that if it's a student that's been affected, that entire our family unit is being affected. And so when we have situations on a campus and say, for instance, it's a third grader, we don't just start with that third grader and end with that third grader. Do that third grader have any siblings? Is there families? Because we know it's impacted that entire family. And so we make it a community type of endeavor. One thing that I love about communities in school is the name is actually the intent of it. It brings that community into the school. So what may be needed at Taylor High School, for example, one of our high schools may not be needed at a middle school or an elementary school. So those people um, like Sybil that comes into the campus, they actually find out what is the need of that particular campus, the student need, the parent need, the staff need, the social emotional needs, the behavior needs, the mental health needs, the academic needs that's specific to that campus. They become that community partner for that campus and they seek out those resources that are appropriate. And I think that's what makes it so unique. It's not a cookie cutter type of thing that a lot of times, okay, this is one resource that we use for everyone. Mm -hmm. If it's appropriate, absolutely. But if it's not, okay, that's not quite meeting the need of this particular campus or this particular situation. What can we do? And partnering with communities and schools, it has extended our resources in such a great manner because say, for instance, with some of the behavior health, So we have an opportunity to maybe partner with the Pelchin, and that's something that we can do. But then they may have a partnership with Galveston or another entity that we didn't have. So now by partnering with them, we have such an array of resources and a network that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And it keeps us in the cutting edge, and it keeps us being able to provide resources that our students need that they would not have been able to get. But another thing that we were talking about earlier in terms of maybe when students leave pre-K through 12 or pre-K through early college as it is in our district, 
they may not have access to that support. But I think what we've done is broken that stigma of help and support so they know how to access those resources, even if it is on a college campus or a university, because they're used to knowing there's someone here that can help me. Um, another thing that I think is so special and wonderful about communities in school and Sybil was talking, she's in the middle school or intermediate level. But when she has that caseload, when they leave her, she makes sure that those students at the next level, which would be the middle school, they get those same students. So that's a continuation of care. So it's not like, well, I was able to get this when I was in middle school. Now I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. They make sure that that next grade level until they graduate with us, which is one of the intent that our students do graduate. Um, when you think about what students need to be successful, academic, absolutely. But if we go back to some of the things that we know about human behavior and what we know about student development and go back to those Maslow's hierarchy of learning. If our students don't have those basic needs, you cannot expect them to be successful in any other arena. And it's just the same with adults. If we don't have those basic components to be successful, it's very difficult for us. And we have coping mechanisms and we have resources and we have those type of things that our students don't have. So when they don't have backpacks and they don't have food and they don't have clothing, it's going to be a barrier to them wanting to be in school. I wouldn't want to be in school if I didn't have right. proper clothing to wear. Maybe my lights are off and um, I wasn't able to wash clothes or what have you. That's a barrier that they are not able to express in any other way. And sometimes it comes out of behavior issues. But when we have those now where we can say, wait a minute, this is a good kid. What's going on? And maybe have those critical conversations with a counselor, get some information, say, OK, this is what happened over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a death in a family. Maybe someone had to leave and maybe now there's no lights and there's a financial constraint. And then we'll get get with the uh, partnerships with communities and schools and say, this is what's happening with this student. And when I say the student, again, it goes to that entire family. Are there siblings there? Okay, what does mom need? What does dad need? Can we get some help with paying the light bills? They provide so many wonderful resources, but a lot of it comes from having those relationships, finding out what the student needs, and being able to support them. And then once that support has happened, following up to make sure that the student is fine. And I think ALEAF has made that those layers of support possible by hosting, by partnering with communities and schools on campus. The students come and it's in the moment where a resource or support or extra minutes need to be spent with a student. And because Sybil lives on campus yes. every day, all day, mm -hmm. and across nearly all of your campuses, Correct. we have folks on campus. So there's the ability immediately for a student and family to access support on campus. And then that ongoing follow-up is able to be provided on campus every day, all day. And it's a brilliant partnership that enables that in-the-moment care and then the ongoing support through folks like Sybil. And knowing me when a kid come in, you know, some kids come out of dress code. Yeah. And I may start that conversation, why are you out of dress code? And then they say, well, my mother couldn't afford to wash my clothes. Or my mom only could buy me one uniform to start out school. So I continue to talk and find out certain things that are going on within the family. This year we had a student that missed the entire first week of school because he didn't have uniforms. And so when he came into my office, I started talking to him. And I had a partner that provided two uniforms for each student you know, at the beginning of school year, along with shoes and socks and underwear and stuff. So that student was able to come to school. He got his first uniform from CIS, but he got two additional uniforms from a partner that provided services on our campus for our students to be able to go back to school. Because we have a shopping spree right. that we take kids to Walmart during the summer. And they get uniforms. Well, at the end of that shopping spree, 
they allow us to get uniforms for other kids because some kids did not show up. So we have those extra uniforms on campus for those students to provide them with the essential things that they need to start the school year. Sybil, I'm curious as to, with your role and you're your dealing in real time with these mm-hmm. children and their families and, and the issues that they bring, and you're dealing with, at least with at Clintsman, they're fifth and sixth graders. Right, so they're 10, right. 11, 12-year-old yes. mm-hmm. young men, young ladies who are going through all kinds of changes. And, yes. I mean, and, and then having some of their personal baggage, if you will, on top of that. Do you find that that age child is willing to open up to you about things like this? I mean, I know the skills and the training that you go through to work with them. How much of that skill and training do you have to use to pull some of this out of kids versus them volunteering it? A lot of the times it's just the kids knowing that you care and the relationships that they see you have there on campus. Pretty simple, isn't it? With with (laughs) other kids. um, Speaks volumes because they know you care. It's one student told me earlier this school year, he said, Miss Ned, he said, I I used to think last year you was just so firm. And he said, and I got to learn that you actually really care about the students here at this school. He said, you're really a nice person. And I started Mm -hmm. laughing. I said, you thought I was just so firm. He said, yes. He said, but you care. You really care. And this is a kid who's going through a lot. And this year, he wasn't on my caseload last year, but this year he's on my caseload. And I spent a lot of time with him. At first, he was a bully. And now I can see strides of him just trying to do better, you know. And and that's what it is. Showing the kids you care, having that caring relationship helps them open up. And that way we can attack the barriers that they have in their lives by just having a great relationship with the kids on campus. I hear you say it's simple. And I think we're relationship-based, as you yes. had said, Alva. Yes. Um, one of our uh, our why statement is because we believe in the power of relationships. Mm-hmm. Because we believe in the power of relationships, we embed student support managers on campus in partnership with educators and educational leaders. It's a simple concept, relationship-based work. It's a simple concept, collaboration, which is what this partnership is. It is <laughs> it is quite challenging in application, yeah, and it takes a high degree of persistence and patience and care and intentionality yeah. and navigating of systems and yes. understanding others' perspectives. It is complicated. It is something you can read books on, but until you step in, you 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 don't know. Um, and so it's a simple concept. I absolutely agree. But to do it right, it takes a lot. And folks like Sybil, folk, your counseling staff, your, you. your teachers yeah. who do this work, who give of themselves. When you build a relationship, you are giving yourself to mm-hmm. a student, to mm-hmm. a parent. It, that is deep, hard work. Um, and so it is, it's an honor to be able to do this. And it's necessary, right, and good. And we know yeah. it benefits the students. Yeah. Nothing has changed in thousands of years about yeah, this. Right. Uh, I'm glad you clarified the simple because mm. I think a lot of times we make it out. The adults sometimes, and I'll be kind of candid here, a lot of time those who are highly educated and have read academia and gone through studies and all that sometimes make it more complicated because mm. it can't be quantified or, or so, something that's not mm-hmm. – Anyway, something that doesn't make sense on paper. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to happen before this, and Correct. therefore I don't now it's know what to do. Problem. And that person messed up because right. they didn't do it in the order the book said it was going to occur. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and in reality, exactly. And in, and we all deal with that. In all walks of life, exactly. we all deal with that. In this one, though, 
the simplicity of it is all you got to do is care about somebody. Mm -hmm. The hard part is caring about somebody. (laughs) That's (laughs) it. That's it. And seeing a student face just light up when you hand them a pack of school supplies that they need, Mm -hmm. that come in sometimes with that hard exterior, and you see it melt. When (sighs) I say, what do you need? And they say, I don't have school supplies. And when you hand them that school pack, that smile comes on their face, and you just see Mm. that little heart melt. Because you care. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our motto is doing whatever it takes to keep a kid in school and prepare for life. And to me, caring prepares a kid for life. Mm. And another thing I'll add to that, um, when I go on campuses and go into those communities and services classrooms, it's done with such integrity. That's another thing that I really love about our programs because all of us at any time could find ourselves in any type of a need. And as Mr. Chambers says, sometimes when we get into, you know, those higher academias or tax brackets, we kind of forget that. Mm-hmm. And we look at the students and like, oh, they need this, they need that. And sometimes that need is not given with the most of compassion, depending on who is it coming from. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard for someone to even one, as Mr. Chambers said, how do you get them to open up with those conversations? If they feel that you're looking down on them, they're not going to open Forget up it. to what's going on. That's when you're going to get the attitude. That's when you go, I just don't want to be here. And they're not going to tell you it's because I don't have clean clothes or it's because this deficit or that one. And I love the integrity that communities and schools have. I was at Ollie Middle School the other day talking to Derek the CIS. Yes, that team there is yeah. wonderful. And they've been together for 16 years. And I believe they told me that was the longest team in CIS history to been together. <laughs> yeah, so they're very special. Uh, shout out to Ollie Middle School mm-hmm. over there. They're doing great things. All the campuses are. But I was there visiting with with that team and the bell rang and the students just came in like they know the routine they knew they could come in one person came and got a backpack they were very respectful thank you they said hello they interacted they got they know that they're there there's nothing they have to go through loops to do can I get this can I get that hey it's here for you it's available and help yourself to that and the students were just so grateful and so gracious and they said thank you I don't want to be late for class and they went on to class I love that sense of integrity that this program allows those students to have in giving them their needs. And the other thing is, along with the basic needs, a, a large part of this, and I know, Lisa, you can speak to this, is they also prepare them for their careers. And that's mm-hmm. something, of course, that ALEAF is very, very dedicated to doing. And I know that a lot of the partners that you guys expose them to as well talk to them about careers and businesses. And I know there's an accounting firm that um, Mr. Derek was telling me that you guys have partners with and they really help those students. They say they wine and dine them. They take them on a tour and they take them out to a nice restaurant and just really give them that understanding of what life can be like in certain atmospheres. So it's not just that we're giving them the basic needs. That's where it begins. But we're also building their character. We're also talking to them about jobs, about relationships, and about what they want to do with their lives outside of um, once they leave uh, a ISD. Absolutely. The basic needs meet that lower area on the Maslow's, right? Gets Absolutely. folks able to embrace what else is available. So basic needs, foundational, and absolutely is a high focus for us. Absolutely. Beyond that, you mentioned our college and career work. Um, communities and schools started in 79 with a focus on dropout prevention. In 1979, early 80s, the workforce was open and available to students who had a high school diploma. There was a way to make a lifelong profession with a high school diploma. Um, And so in 1979, dropout prevention being the focus of communities and schools made sense. We have got to keep our kids in school and see them successfully graduate 12th grade. At that point, they can enter into a career and be thriving in where they want to be in life. 
here we are in 2020. The workforce has radically changed. Absolutely. And the 08 recession radically changed. The jobs that have been created since are ones that rely on a two-year, a four-year, a certificate, rely on education beyond high school. So communities and schools, our mission is it ends with to keep kids in school and to help them achieve in life. And so balancing this kids, keeping them in school graduating and then achieving in life, we're going to, you will see, we will be talking more about we are refining our work in the achieve in life space in order to ensure that we're not nearsighted. We want their entire lives to be thriving. And so we're going to help set that up. Supports like amazing career, college career uh, days on campus where professionals are pouring in to talk with third graders about Mm -hmm. what it's like. It's that engaging and helping kids vision and then the work with parents, starting with pre-K kinder parents here's what it will be like when your student is 18 and 19 and moving on to college and here's how your family can begin navigating and adjusting for that and supporting that and embracing that it is first generation college going is quite a challenge Um, and so that work begins really early and so that's also a core part of communities and schools and teaching them in fifth and sixth grade how to interview how To resume write in our leadership groups that we have on our campus, many middle school and a lot of the intermediate schools have their leadership girls and boys mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. And we're teaching them how to interview, how to write a resume and how to, you know, kind of identify what careers. What are your interests so that they can start thinking before middle school? how, you know, how to do these things. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at how impactful something is or is not, you look at the longevity of it and the sustainability of it. And I know that you guys have an alumni component to this where the Mm -hmm. students who have been affected in communities and schools come back and give back. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that we focus on. A-Leaf prides itself on hiring our wonderful qualified alumni. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just speaks of the process that it takes for someone to say, I've been affected by this in such a positive way that now I want to come back yeah. voluntarily and, you know, give back to that program. So I don't know if you guys want to speak yeah. to that at all. Yeah. Um, an example is Travel Robinson. She is an A-Leaf graduate, yeah. came to work for communities and schools and is now working at which? Miller. A- and Miller. And Miller. Immediate. At Miller. An example of, and we have um, Megan Loera with communities and schools, graduated from an HISD school and is now a field director supervising 20 schools within. When you have received the love and care that helped you become who you are, it is amazing how well folks thrive in professional settings that allow them to be helpers back to the next generation. Absolutely. Our alumni program, an example of that when they're just kind of navigating that young adult time in life. We support them through monthly programs throughout the year and invite them in. And, and it really encourage them to design the, the supports that are occurring in the alumni program. But one cool thing is during the month of December, we really encourage all of our alumni to volunteer on a campus during the month of December. In this past December, every single one of them spent time on a campus yeah. at one of the holiday events or a fun party celebrating the end of first semester. It's an incredible group of students. Our next generation is amazing. Amazing. Uh, I, I want to just kind of continue just real briefly this discussion about sustainability of the child. Mm-hmm. Those who have listened to Impact Ed know that we've talked about the topic of support a lot, but we've also talked a lot about the the emphasis that we place on preparing kids for something beyond high school. And Lisa, you're exactly right in terms of what the workforce looked like in 1979 versus what it looks like right now. I think it's important for those who who listen to this, understand 
that there is no distinction between, or there is no bifurcation between helping a little boy feel comfortable going to school because he's got a uniform. That has a direct correlation with that little boy potentially being a meaningful contributor in society 20 years Absolutely. later. I do a lot of public speaking, but I, I talk a lot about this idea that to the workforce, mm. that yes, buildings like this and programs like this and pathways and us offering courses are, are really important. But in order for us to truly take advantage of that, we have to get kids to a point where they can take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. and sometimes we don't, I uh, said so this is a royal we, mm. we don't talk about the problems you're trying to solve, Sybil, every single day with these these little guys and these little girls and how that directly impacts the workforce or it directly impacts that child's ability to participate in the workforce. Absolutely. Absolutely. Education is a gift, but it is a gift that cannot be received if someone is right. not prepared to receive it as a gift. Right. Um, and so basic meeting basic needs is one of the ways to help kids prepare to receive the gift of education. Right. Another um, strong component within communities and schools is our mental health initiative. Also something that I think some people struggle with. Is right. this something, is mental health support, behavioral health support, something um, that is appropriate within a school setting? This last legislative session, I think, really kind of mm-hmm. um, right. <laughs> made a point as mm-hmm. to where Texas falls in that. We're definitely seeing some dramatic improvements in supports um, at multiple levels across the state. Years ago, I don't know, nearly 10 years ago now, communities and schools um, shifted with a focus or enhanced our focus on uh, mental health supports. Um, And so bringing mental health supports into schools so that students clearing that struggle, helping students enhance their coping skills, allowing them to clear through so that that educational gift can be received so that while they're present within their classroom setting, They're not distracted by the challenges that mental health struggles can bring. And that's something that uh, we have really built out within ALEAF ISD of the more than 40 campuses. Fifteen of the campuses of our sites offer mental health supports directly on campuses to students. All of our programs, all of our sites will, of course, refer students and connect them to supports off campus Mm -hmm. for ongoing support. But 15 of our campuses at this point are able to provide mental health supports directly on campuses through partnerships with, we have four entities operating through communities and schools here in ALEAF. Um, You mentioned DePelchin earlier. We also partner with DePelchin, Houston Galveston Institute, Bo's Place, which has a strong focus on grief Mm -hmm. and loss, and then Remind, whose focus is on supporting students who might be struggling with depression or bipolar. So those are on campus, as well as we have seven CIS mental health professionals on your campuses providing who are all day long on campus available and accessible to students. And this is it is part of addressing the concerns here and now and helping students manage, navigate, overcome the challenges so that they are able to fully engage with the Mm -hmm. education opportunities now and also giving them kind of the idea of how to navigate, how to bridge, how to take these learned lessons into their adulthood. Um, that is so true. And, when, and I'm, when I meet with community colleges, you know, we have a very strong partnership here with Houston Community College. And I meet with universities and we do those partnerships. They talk a lot about the mental health component that it really starts to to peak in those areas. So mm-hmm. the students have may have made it through pre-K through um, early college, but when they get into those university settings, so those community college settings, that's when some of those mental health problems really start to, mm-hmm. uh, to show. But I think if we have with what we're doing now, 
start to set in place those type of mental health supports, again, breaking those stigmas, those students are more apt to know what type of behavioral health that they may need and they may be more able to accept that help. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times if there's never been a conversation, they don't even know where to initiate that conversation. But if it's been something that they're used to and that they've been exposed to, they know that, okay, I can go to the mental health department in my university or my counseling center and get some support. And it's nothing taboo that they're not used to receiving. Mm -hmm. So I think we're doing such a service in our school districts by providing that mental health support for the here and now, but also for, we're talking about that sustainability. And even until their adult lives, Mm -hmm. they're going to be CEOs and managers and principals and counselors, and they're going to be leading people. And we want them to be able to do that and to be able to understand for their own organizations and family, the importance of strong mental health. So I'm very appreciative of what's happening with the legislator, the support that Mr. Chambers and everyone gives us here in Aleaf ISD. We're very committed Mm -hmm. to mental health and the partnership we have with communities and school has just taken that on and expanded that for us. And I think I am have been committed to mental health for a number of years. I am increasingly concerned about the recent learnings that um, the suicidal rate for African-American youth is rising right. faster yep. than any other yeah. ethnicity. Yep. It's the second leading the cause second. of death mm-hmm. for 10- to 19-year-old African-American youth. Yep. It is a call to action for all of us. And ALEAF's commitment, CIS's expertise and ability to partner with y'all to provide supports is needed now more than ever. Um, and I, think, I think that's an important point. When you look at our student population, for a long time, suicide in the African-American community was not, was a, not. Was not an issue. No, I not. did graduate work on that very topic. <laughs> no, it's yeah. so interesting. And, it's, and that was a long time ago. But I, I'm glad you brought that up because we're, not only are we talking about, again, helping children overcome some barriers not of, of their doing. Right. But now we're talking about life and death decisions yes. that some of these young men, particularly African-American males, are being put into. I'm glad you brought that up because that's it's as serious as a subject, and I don't think it's getting nearly enough mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. as some of the other social emotional issues we're dealing with mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the trainings that we are doing now in the district that we're rolling out is the trauma informed care, and what that does that allows for just that the signs and symptoms of some of these right. things that could be problematic to be recognized by none mental health professionals because a lot of times we don't expect our teachers to be mental health professionals. That's not what they're trained to do. But we do want them to have tools to be able to say, okay, I was acting a little off today and this is not her usual personality. Maybe something's going on versus go to the office. Mm-hmm. You know, have a conversation and we want to be able to empower them and give them those tools where they feel comfortable to notice some of these things and have that conversation that maybe this needs to go to a counselor versus assisting them to the assistant principal. Mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with the, you know, behavior, but a lot of times they just don't have the training. So I think what well, I know, because I've heard the conversations, I've heard the feedback, when people are empowered to understand mm-hmm. And to be able to see signs and symptoms, then they act, you know, see something, say something. But if I don't know what I'm seeing, then it's hard for me to say and to act. And so I think just that continued education, not just with the students, but also with the staff and with the faculty of what this looks like. And to be able to notice some of those signs and symptoms, I think, has been very helpful. And I'm very encouraged by what that is doing in our district. And And having those tools to identify that helps us do our job where the mental health providers are there on campus to service the kids because they might say, Miss Ned, I noticed something different with this kid. Uh, Ms. Ned, I think you need to talk to this kid or refer them because they know that the mental health specialist on our campus is there on Thursdays for six hours so that we can see those students, you know, and get the services that they need. So we've talked a lot about what you do, the role with CIS and, and the value that they bring to our hmm. to our students. I tell you what's missing. 
what's missing is more CIS <laughs> workers on our campuses because we, we, we talk about that a lot, how one person, and Sybil, you can speak to this, how one lady is responsible for six, seven hundred, eight hundred kids. But with that being kind of given in terms of where we are training, and it's not just an A-Leaf question, but just in general, where do y'all see the next steps in trying to provide the additional support that right now that we're not getting to? So I would say an opportunity um, in to fill the gap is encouraging more and more partners, more and yes. more community uh, folks stepping forward and saying, how can I be part of that? I may not be a mental health professional. I may not be a retired teacher, but how can I step in and be meaningful in the life of a student? And that's something that Sybil, that I know A-Leaf ISD is always seeking to encourage and recruit more volunteers, more mentors. CIS has some really robust programs throughout our footprint in greater Houston. And I would say immediately when you ask that question, that's, that's where I would go. If I'm a parent listening to this anywhere, what is our encouragement to them if they think their child could benefit from a CIS, hmm. the services? Talk about that a little bit because we're going to people out there that have never heard of CIS. And, mm-hmm. and, and it may be resonating with some of them right now. Good news is they might be in a community where communities and schools already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, communities and schools of Houston is one of 28 CIS affiliates in Texas, is one of hundreds within the United States. So it is possible that we're in 27, 28 states, including Mm -hmm. D.C. It's possible that we're in your community. It's possible that we are in your school district right now and you may not know us because we integrate so well onto the campus setting. You might not know that we are there. So there is that. So I would say begin by contacting your school administrator to learn if communities and schools is in your school district, your school or your area. Beyond that, there are opportunities for school districts to invite us in. Like I mentioned, Spring and Umble have reached out. um, And so we are seeking to meet needs as the call comes. Without the infrastructure and exact model of communities and schools, I would like to believe that until you are able to have a full, robust CIS component on your campus in your school district, it is about a commitment to collaboration relationship building. And I think regardless of where you are, who you are, that is something that we could all move towards. Very good. I think it's important to know that because some people may be going, well, how, who pays for all this? It's a combination of things. Lisa, you're, you want to maybe just speak Absolutely. to that real briefly about y'all's funding? Because I know districts like ourselves, we also contribute. Significantly, yes. So, um, it is, a, It is. I would say, a public-private partnership. Right. Um, I'll start with there is, in Texas, there are legislative dollars that are directed directly mm-hmm. to communities and schools. So CIS of Texas falls within the Texas Education Agency. We are part of the Department of School Programs within the Division of College, Career, Military Prep uh, on the, the Counseling, Advising, and Student Supports team. So we are part of Texas Education Agency. There are some legislative dollars that help support the 28 affiliates within Texas. In addition to that, our model is one that brings public and private dollars together in our local communities. So school districts contribute significantly to it, as well as private foundations. We have federal, state, city-level grants Mm -hmm. that contribute to it, individual contributions, foundations, corporations have been really stepping in, I think, as they're seeing the education to workforce path are also contributing. It will require an ongoing partnership between multiple entities in order to, to sustain this work, which we all after this conversation, I think, agree is necessary. (laughs) Our plea to those listening to this is to either get involved as a mentor or take advantage of it if you're a family member that might need it, or if you're in the business world and you want to contribute to something meaningful that either directly or indirectly is going to help you in your particular industry, 
Absolutely. CIS is a, I will vouch for them and I know. Mm. Oh, I absolutely. Yes. Uh, you get what you pay for and more <laughs> on, on, right. on this one. What are we missing? We're running up on our time. Is there something mm. that we have not discussed that, Sybil, from your perspective, I mean, like I said, you're you're on the ground. You're dealing with the children and the families and the, the issues. Is there something you want to make sure that's said in this in this episode that, that hasn't been said already? We need more people to get involved. Get involved and be a mentor. Mm. On some of your local campuses. Yeah. Doesn't cost you a dime. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Well, you bet. Thanks. Well, I really do appreciate, obviously, what Alva and, you know, Sybil and others in our district do. But uh, and I know you've got a large organization that you're running. ALEAF's commitment is we're going to continue supporting CIS because of the support that they provide our kids. And I, I know I kind of said it half joking, half serious earlier, but <laughs> I would love to get to a point where we have a meaningful number of CIS you know, workers on our campus so that there's just not one person trying to yeah. to fill the needs, right? And we we're used been, to be a two-person. So. I know, I know, I know, I know. And we're definitely having those critical conversations yeah. because it's just, it has yeah. to happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's just been such a seamless partnership with communities and schools. And thank you for this opportunity to speak about it because, as Lisa said, a lot of people don't know. You know, you hear all the acronyms. Like I said, it's not CSI. You have CIS, you have CYS, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just kind of need to co- go back and dissect some of those things and say, this is actually what this program does. Mm-hmm. And this is who we are. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Because our motto, of course, is, you know, preparing students for tomorrow, caring for them today. And the partnership and collaboration we have with communities and schools and ALEAF ISD does that so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I'm so honored to work with you, ladies. Mm-hmm. It's an honor. Very good. We have two components in our district, meaningful relationships and meaningful work. You can't get to the meaningful work until you get to the meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. This just kind of ties into that. Thank you guys very much again for not only what you do, but for doing this this episode. Hopefully you uh hopefully it was painless for you. <laughs> <laughs> not on record. I'm not I'm not replying on record. <laughs> this was wonderful. Thank you so much. You it was great. Absolutely <laughs> honored. Thank you. You bet. Thank you guys. All right. Thank this, you. You're welcome. This has been Impact Ed. Uh, I'm HD Chambers and and uh, thank you for joining today's episode. Uh, again, if you have any questions about communities and schools, uh, obviously you can look them up on the internet. If you're in the A-Leaf community, uh, reach out to us in Ailey ISD, and we'll be happy to connect you to the appropriate folks. If you're interested in volunteering or working with communities and schools, uh, our informa- their information is on our website as well. So thank you and have a great day. This has been an AMP production.